What's up, y'all? Episode 50, our season finale. We did 50 episodes, y'all. We did? Yeah, we did. Yo, we're about to finish season one, move on to season two. Before we talk about how badass episode 50 was, y'all need to come see me perform some stand-up. I have some shows coming up. Uh, two shows, Wednesday, July 24th at a place called Uncommon Ground in Edgewater at 7 p.m., 20 bucks. Thursday, August 1st, right? Thursday, August 1st, I'm at a Comedy Tub show. That's at uh, Chicago Joe's on Western and Irving Park, 8 p.m. That's a free show, y'all. Um, I'll be doing some stand-up at both of those. Please come out. Wednesday, July 24th, Thursday, August 1st. Now, episode 50. Badass episode. Angie Gaffney was our guest. AngieGaffney.com. Beast when it comes to making movies in Chicago. She's made 17 feature film movies in Chicago. Her last one's in the fall. Raised over a million dollars to make them. Angie's killing it. We then talked about how she does that, raise that kind of cheddar. And she's transitioning into a life coach. So she helps people now or she's into helping people transition in a way where they can get their creative dreams fulfilled but how do you do that in a financially stable way and has got some answers as for the episode it was a tech heavy episode is it time to sell your technology stocks yo these tech companies were on were in congress getting grilled facebook are they a monopoly congress thinks so amazon monopoly congress thinks so facebook's libra cryptocurrency the fed ain't gonna let them do that shit um, so yeah, we talk all about technology. We answer a bunch of audience questions. It was a great episode. Come see me perform stand up. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Peace. Welcome to Business News and Other Shit. I'm Amr. We got a great episode. Most importantly, episode number 50. Oh. 50. Five zero. This will mark the end of season one <laughs> of Business News and Other Shit. Woo! Yeah. Welcome to the season finale. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Said so perfectly by a film producer, <laughs> Angie Gaffney, who's our badass guest. And so fitting for you to be episode number 50, season one finale guest. I am so happy to be here. Woo! What Thank took so long me. to get her on here is the I question. Know. Well, no, we had to wait for a good episode. Oh, makes sense. Is the bullshit reason. The season finale. <laughs> Now we're going to find out that <clears throat> two are twins. And, uh, <laughs> right. Bachelor kind of, sh- Bachelorette. Yeah, the we'll reality be- TV series starts mm. next time. Yes. We'll be back in September, you guys. Season two, episode 50. <laughs> Nashad Barrow. Yes, I'm What's back. up? Every time you come, I pro- you know what? I'm not going to talk about Cincinnati this time. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure people think I'm from Cincinnati. Because you're there so often now? Yeah, because you probably mentioned it every time I, I know, show right? up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nashad is not from Cincinnati. Here? Not at all. And the shot's from Oklahoma City. Yes, I'm yeah. from OKC. No, I'm from uh, Chicago. Southside. Southside. Southside of Mars. Southside. Yep. 81st um, and Cottage Grove. That's where you live? No. Okay. That's where I used to live. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, you could go there if you want to. You can see my old house. It'll it'll be an apartment. Yeah. On the corner. Reminisce the about the days station. that I never used to go there? Yep. Um, Man, good old days. The good old days. I mean, I grew up not far from there. I Well, not... I mean, I spent a ton of time in Hyde Park, right off of Cottage Grove. Yep. Like sure. 63rd in Cottage Grove, 55th in Cottage Grove. Oh, so. I used to go to school over there. Kenwood? No, I What's went to there? a school called University of Chicago, That's Woodlawn right. Campus. That's right. Chinese I remember school. I saw that on your Facebook. I was like, what? You went there? Yeah, I went there. Cool. It's funny school. I mean, I don't even know what that, I've never heard of that school. University of Chicago, Woodlawn Campus? It's a long ass name. Yeah, they call it UCW. Yeah, it was. A, uh, I went there for 
uh, high school, long? college? No, no, no. Two years, high school. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a it was a startup school. It was a charter school, and they used to give us laptops and whatnot. Oh, for real? Yeah, that was and people used to get robbed for their laptops. Oh, really? So what? How many how many laptops did you steal? I didn't. I had a laptop. <laughs> 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 no need to fucking steal one. But what's funny about Nishad today? Nishad oh, right. walked in. Oh, I'm sorry, you going to finish up? No, Please. no, no, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> I got to bring up this thing. Yeah, I'm glad you're giggling now. Okay. Because you walked in in a huff. You're like, oh, oh. I'm like, what's up? He's like, man, the bus driver, man. I'm like, what? what? What happened with the bus driver? And he's like, he just told me that when I got on the bus, the bus ain't clean. Oh, my God. It made me so mad. The, I got oh, the on ger- the, the germaphobe, and he said the bus ain't clean. No, no, no. That is not. That is not how. For those he, listening, before we hit record, we were talking about uh, germs and who's a germaphobe and, and, and what's oh, yeah. bathroom etiquette. Go yeah. ahead. Okay, so the bus driver I got on, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, this bus gonna stop at Kansas," and everybody was like, "Why?" He's like, "The bus is dirty," and just pointed to the back of the bus, and we looked back. And there was nothing. It was like no dirtier than any other bus that I've ever been on. And I was just like, what's dirty about it? And black people, when they hear something that's dirty or something's dirty, they'd be like, oh, okay. It just take it for fact. They're just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's just dirty. I was like, no, what's dirty about the bus? Like, there's nothing dirty. He's just like, yeah, you just can't sit right here. It just kept pointing back. Like, nothing. I'm like... In my head, I'm like, this dude just wants to get off work early. And I'm he like, wants a break. Yeah, I was like, okay. Now, I thought, I was like, whatever, Nishat, why, why is that making you so upset? Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. expect you to be that upset. I mean, be annoyed, you know? But he was like, he was legit upset. I'm like, I haven't seen a shot like this. And then he explained, he explained his, <laughs> his, his, his Florida story about a bus driver. What's your Florida story? And okay. I, think, I think he's tainted. He's so, jaded from so the So here's, here's what it is about bus drivers. They have union jobs, okay? And they're not going to get fired, in my opinion. Actually, this is fact. I don't care what anybody Tell says. Tell the story. <laughs> union job. Okay, bus drivers got union jobs, and they're not going to get fired, so they could do whatever they want. Until I mean, they could get fired, but it ain't, they not going to get fired. If you ain't going to tell the like Florida story, I'm going to tell the Florida story. I'm going to tell it. I just want to let the people know. I just want to let the people know why bus drivers are the way they are, and they be uppercutting people and doing all of this stuff. It's because they just, they have the, they just know at the end of the day that, Ain't shit gonna happen to them. So, all right, the my Florida story. I was in Florida. I was going to college, and I was running late. It takes two hours to get to my house to my college on the bus. Wow. Right? Yes. So, the bus driver. I was halfway to the school. The bus driver was driving, and all of a sudden he just goes, "Yeah, uh, everybody, I'm finna make a quick stop, real quick. There's 30 people on the bus. We all running late, <laughs> and we just like, <laughs> we just like, why? Why are you stopping? He stops." Gets out the bus, goes into a Taco Bell, <laughs> goes into no a Taco shit. Bell, stays in there for like 20, 30 minutes, and we just all sitting on the bus, literally like hurt and confused, like what? 20, 30 minutes? <laughs> we're like, we're like where did he ordered, go? <laughs> he not only ordered his food, but he sat down and had multiple chalupas. Right, and, and came back in the bus with like a bag of food. It was like, all right, you guys, y'all ready to go? Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> Like he was waiting on us. Or 
if y'all ready i could drive we like bro like what who just gets out the bus like that and yeah i ever since then at that I'm, point it's like you've lost like uh, uh, trying to get to your thing you've uh, you should be like yo man throw me a taco or something like that. <laughs> right That's y'all want something you want something <laughs> i'm going in there i'm taking orders <laughs> i ain't paying though right everybody got to chip in because this union job when i heard them. that i immediately knew that nishad at any bus driver, even the bus driver flinching the wrong way, is just going to start tweaking. Like, what? What? I'm going to whoop this bus driver's ass. Man. So he, he had did. vitiligo, too. If that no way we're anything. stopping at Taco Bell. He had vitiligo? <laughs> what is that? It's uh, the Michael Jackson disease. This is where, like, you have, like, a certain oh, skin, skin complexion. Yeah, mm. and then you have the, he was, like, a black dude right here. You. But a white dude right here. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Damn, I don't even know what that what causes that. It's and I wanted sort of to like... just take a piece of chocolate and be like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> mood is bust. <laughs> Melt the chocolate, right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. It feels racist by a black dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can say that. Hey, you can. You can. But just let him let him have his vitiligo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It had nothing to do with the story. I was just mad. <laughs> let me tell y'all why. <laughs> you want to fix his shit? <laughs> it's just like, but this ain't dirty just go <laughs> here's why episode 50 is why, is why angie's on here all right in on january 3rd 2018 not this year last year right 18 months ago angie sent me a message. so angie runs stage 18 which is a non-profit this is where we're at in cine, cine space studios all right angie is the director of stage 18 is that your title yeah executive director thank you very much executive director makes you sound way more important <laughs> I know, so <laughs> um and and so uh on january so i work out of here it's like a co-working space for independent film independent tv guys independent podcast producers anyone in creating independent entertainment and uh i was she asked me on january 13 she sent me an email hey happy 2018 can you share your goals of 2018 for 2018 with me and i was uh, my first response was like hell is she to ask me about my goals leave me alone like i'm you know right. who you think she is you, new year's yeah, eve yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't you ain't my you, you you know you're not my mom you're not my dad like come on and i'm like and then that was the first voice second voice is like damn i think i just don't want to set any goals right now i think that's what's really going on here mm-hmm. oh. right and i'm like all right let me set some goals i was like number one i want to put on a show like a okay. one-man show or a stand-up show for friends and family number two I want to learn uh, impressions, how to, how to do impressions, like perform impressions. Number three, I want to put on a show on the web and build an audience, a following. So how's those first two going? Completely failed. Oh, really? You don't have... No, I did do a show for friends and family. Okay. Uh, I did not find anyone to help me with uh, You can't impressions. do one impression? I mean, I can do impressions, but they're not very good. I want to get really good at them, you know? Can you do a Rocky Balboa impression? Rocky Balboa. No, Rocky Balboa. That was that was. Di- <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> what was that? Oh, who was that? That was the black dude, Don, Don, the Don King dude, right? Don King. It was Don King. No, Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm yeah, still losing. Yeah. It. <laughs> it was in the movie with Tommy Tommy Morrison. Remember that one, Rocky Five? You mean you know Sylvester Stallone? Yo, Adrian. There you go. Adrian, <laughs> I was like, I love you, Adrian. I was like, who he doing? Hey, Nixon. <laughs> 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 hey Paulie, hey, hey, uh, why don't you give me some uh, egg yolks and put them in my uh oh my chair just fell down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, my, my chair, chair did just fall down. Hey, uh, isn't Rocky Six coming out or something like that? Or did it come out? No, uh, uh Rambo. Rambo, that's it's right. coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sly. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
slime. He's going to be old as hell. He's going to have PTSD, double Ds. Double Ds, yeah. Uh, But number three, Nashad, to answer your question, number three happened. And we just completed episode 50 of number th- of, of the goal number three. Thanks to Angie. Dang. She has a lot Thanks, to do Tom. with that. Well, I mean, it's so cool because when we were first talking, y- y- this was not what the show was. You were talking about a comedy series or all Web- these sorts yep. of things. And it's just so cool to see over a year and a half later how that germination of that idea came to be. Absolutely. it. it uh, we make a goal. We set a goal. We think it's one thing. And then boom, it's something different. Be flexible. Yeah. Uh, so Angie, you, you're, we'll give you a quick quick intro. Um, okay, so it. so you are the executive director of Stage 18, but mm-hmm. that's just one small thing that you do, right? Bigger picture, I see you as an entrepreneur, sure, as a really a film producer. Yep. Okay, that's what you spent uh, over a decade doing, mm-hmm. and I see you to to like to like really invest in yourself. Since mm-hmm. we're talking about investing mm-hmm. and how to make some money, mm-hmm. uh, you also became a professor or at least an uh, instructor of some sort at three different schools. Yes. I started, I started teaching at Columbia College in Chicago when I was 21. 21. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn. And, and I assume you taught in the world of film production? I did. I taught, uh, at that time, I taught film producing and first assistant directing because ah. that's how I got my start. And then I taught there for a handful of years and then I had an adjunct position at DePaul, my alma oh, mater, okay. mm. for a semester, decided that the semester... Teaching? Teaching. Got it. Decided that the semester vibe was too much work, given mm. my 12 other titles. And uh, I'm still... I've been teaching at Harold Ramis Film School at Second City. I teach a producing intensive class there, and I've been with them since they started about wow. three years ago. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they loved you at 21. They were like... Oh. <laughs> Who, who's they? The students? Yeah, the students. I mean, some of them were probably older than her, right? I know. They but was like, so you got them? the notes? <laughs> they, from... they didn't get to know that, though. <laughs> they oh, know. they didn't know? They didn't know. They didn't get to know until the end. Oh, nice. That, that, was, my, that was my play. Good for oh, you. Oh, okay. Smart. You played it off like you're older. Totally. Good for you. Right, you, were, you had a cane. and I had a cane. I dyed my hair gray. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She played going, the part you still so look 21, I bet. She, she just used face app and then she put on that costume. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Let's not talk about face Oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about... I haven't t- done that yet. This is... Yeah, be careful. Don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nishad's got strong opinions on that. Yeah. It's I, like it's like me, 23 and me. Yep. Same, yeah, same yep, thing. Same thing. They're trying to get you. So, Ramus... Columbia, mm-hmm. stage 18. You're the executive director of this stage at Cinespace Studios, stage number 18, mm-hmm. where you you support, you run uh, an organization that's kind of a co-working space for independent media producers. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, in that journey, you've raised millions of dollars. You've opened companies. You've mm-hmm. failed at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you've got character. <laughs> Thank you. I like to think so. <laughs> now do it in your uh, Nixon voice. You've got character. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think, and then, and then you're at a transition now. You're like, yo, I've done a lot the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. I'm about to teach some people how to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to become a life coach mm-hmm. and um, help people craft their own creative and business side. That's true. Lovely. Can't wait to talk to you about all that. I'm excited. Before we get to that, number one, some housekeeping. For some reason, Apple Podcasts kicked our our podcast off of their platform last week. What? Why? Yeah. Why? Because we had explicit curse words in. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. so here's the thing. So, so 
the way we crafted it was sh exclamation point t business news and other shit exclamation point and then you just have to put an e mark it as explicit um when you do swear in the episode which is totally fine i mean mark Marin. so that's his episode yeah, yeah, that's yeah. his title right so i thought we were good with sh exclamation point t however apparently in some of the titles that we wrote for the episodes themselves I may have written a swear or two somewhere in there. Oh. So our badass producer, Chris Broadhead, which, by the way, I got introduced because of you here at Stage 18. Mm-hmm. So there's even more reason. And Chris is, the, Chris is the reason that I'm in the life coaching program that I am now. Get out of here. No, I'm not even kidding. No shit. He so Chris and I met, a quick, side, quick tangent before yeah. we get back to that. Yeah. Chris and I met um, just in the community. And I was looking for someone to do headshots. And he says, hey, my roommate Hayden does headshots. Uh, shout out to Hayden. And then Hayden, while taking my headshots, was like, oh, I'm training to be a life coach. I'm in this program. Ah, so it all comes full circle. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. CB, shout out to our producer. Um, so Apple Podcasts kicked us off. And so Chris was working his balls off all week to try and get us back on. They were not responding effectively July 4th, all that other stuff. Uh, but finally got us back on. But here's the issue, people. If you're listening to this, um, you may have had trouble downloading episodes last week it should be back up it should be normal should be effective and should be working now but you may have to like i don't know like reconnect or resubscribe to the show or like click on it and accept that it wants you to download again um so just you might have some glitches i don't know exactly what they are i've heard about it from one or two people um but just it's back up and running uh whatever you need to do to to fix it please do it and listen (laughs) to us that's all i gotta say i don't have a solution for you i'm sorry that's the housekeeping Let's talk business. Guys, this is basically a full-on tech episode. There's so much news about technology companies this past week. Uh, First of all, two straight days this week, Congress required the technology companies, the big ones, to come in in front of Congress and testify about what they're up to. Congress ain't happy with the tech companies. They had Facebook. Amazon, Apple, and Google oh, right yeah. there. The, the data stealers. The data stealers. Yeah. Privacy. Ruiners. Punctures. Uh, <laughs> photo. Bombers. Yeah, I was going to say baiters. <laughs> <I got> nothing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so, I think I've been saying this for about a year. Uh, and the truth is, uh, I've been saying, like, yo, watch out for technology. Um, things did cool down quite a bit. And so I was less negative about them, but it feels like it's perking back up right now. Um, but the truth is, Americans don't seem to care enough. We, we don't seem to care enough about our privacy at all. Um, and so we're like, yo, as long as I can keep using Facebook, WhatsApp, IG, whatever, you know, y'all can keep selling my data and making tons of I mean, because we used to it, though. Like, we've mm-hmm. grown up. With like having to cover our uh, little computer screens and yeah. having the government listening to us through our microwaves Put a piece and stuff of tape like on the that. camera. Yeah, so we like what you know. Who cares? Yeah, we grew up with our world leaders like being listened to our public figures like being watched by the CIA. So we like we okay with that. Like we, but I, but then shit started to hit the fan, right? Like with the Russian memes and Trump getting elected because possibly yeah, because of Cambridge scary. Analytica. Like, yeah. What's funny is this. So we'll talk about face. Maybe we'll just jump right into FaceApp. So FaceApp is this new app. Have you guys? I'm sure you guys have all yes. seen yes, it. Yes, it, went, yes, yes. it went viral. It's crazy. Yeah. It got recommended by the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play Store, all that stuff. 
And so everyone's got it, right? I haven't done it yet. Have you done it in the shop? I've done it. <laughs> you <laughs> I'm so ashamed. Yeah. so bashful. Have you done it yet, here? No, I have not. Angie? No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't done it either. I'm a little scared. But, but here's the thing. What's funny is everyone jumped all over it and started using it. And then it came out that FaceApp is owned by a Russian company. All right? And everyone's like, what? <gasps> Are you saying that Vladimir Putin is basically taking snapshots and all our pictures of Americans and building a database of us with all our facial contours and all this other shit. That's a security threat. Everyone went bananas. Mm-hmm. Bananas. Like, they were like, we'll stop using FaceApp for a minute. And then some newspaper people, like Washington Post especially, did a big, like, okay, they interviewed the CEO. They tried to figure out what's going on. And they got to the nitty-gritty, and they found out that Google and Amazon, on their servers, are where all these face pictures are going, not to Russia. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and that they do have access to your camera roll. They do have access to all your data. They're going to happily sell your data. They did, the CEO did say that. We can do whatever we want with your data. Anything we want. We're going to take it. Gonna, however, uh, it's all in the Amazon and Google servers. And um, we're, even though it's a Russian company, it's all, all of it's staying here in the U.S. And it has nothing to do with Putin or any of those people. Yeah, but we are selling your stuff. So, Right. But here's the thing. But people, it, guess what? Like, people, what do you want with my pictures? Like, what are you going to put them on college applications or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, does Home Depot need more information on who to target for their <laughs> shitty Facebook videos? Right. Like, what <laughs> what do you need my pictures for? Like, I don't understand. What do you want? What is the big goal of stealing my picture rolls? Like, because half of them are just I mean, no, face they, selfies. They got so. access to, it's an app on your phone. So they can jump into your browser. They have, No, they're getting they're getting access to a lot. Hey, not I'm just in incognito mode half the time anyway. So Oh, you, you're saying, but does yeah. that, I don't know enough about this. Does that prevent apps? I have no idea. But I, I don't think th- it does. My thing is though, like the government always like, oh, we're going to find out what you look up. It's porn. Like, what do you, so, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Okay, so what? Yeah, I want to know porn. what kind of porn you like. Like they tried to get all the world, uh, like Malcolm X. You like Zilago porn, don't you? Hey, whatever. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> like, I, yeah, yes, I beat off. Okay, what does that have to do with like helping the world out? Everybody masturbates. All right, porn is a huge company. This like, is true. Yeah, like I remember the CIA tried to get like Martin Luther King. It was like, oh, we'll release your dirty tapes. Like, I don't see how that's a problem now with like the slut generation and all that. I'd be right. like. So what? Release like, it. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I release it myself. It was like Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Do you guys remember when Jeff Bezos? Uh, someone someone hacked his phone. Right. And mm-hmm. then they uh, he had all these uh, dick pics and all this other stuff that got released to the world. And then he got divorced. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like he's like, yeah, whatever. Here's my pics. You know. I think that's gonna stop me from like being rich and being all the richest stuff. guy in the world. Right. All right. If anything, they'd be like some women would be like, that's eh, a decent dick. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty billion dollar dick right there, ladies. <laughs> you just got to see for free. You're welcome. And he, he, that's one. That, I mean, I don't want to see any dicks, but his in particular, I really, especially don't want to see. Hey, that dick. I have no desire. Right? That dick's made a lot of money. So, so guess what? So once the the news came out that it, you know, the pictures and the data aren't going to Russia, everyone jumped right back on FaceApp and just started using the hell out of it. It went double viral. And people are like, yeah, yeah, you can use our data, you can have our camera roll and all our information. I don't really care about it. as long as. But once, it, but, but for a moment, when they're like, wait, there's a Russian spy meme situation. Oh wait, maybe we want to hear about this shit. Everyone was just like, yeah, we want that drama. 
But we don't want the drama where you're, you know, using our data and making money off of us. Well, I think, too, like, we've grown up in the generation, I mean, until pretty recently, there's, whether or not we like it, at least from my perspective, there's some sort of integrity in our government. Like, I believe in growing up, I was like, oh, perhaps that was naivete, but, Amer- like, I'm safe. My data is mm. safe. And now, but it feels so much more invasive, I think, mm. when it's not when it's not like your own government, but now look at the times that we're in. And that has totally changed. It has completely changed. You're right. And I don't think people have caught up to the fact that that's changed. I know. They're still thinking that, oh, we have these procedures and policies in place. Yeah. You know. People are mistakenly, like, I think, projecting the government onto Facebook, Google, so on and so forth. Oh, no. Those are separate, separate companies. Completely separate. And Facebook and Google are for-profit companies. They are Mm -hmm. happy to sell it to Russia and anyone else, Mm -hmm. which is what they did with, with the Cambridge Analytica. So, okay. So... All these tech companies are in front of Congress for two straight days. And, they, you know, one dude looks at Facebook. He's like, you guys own four of the biggest six social media platforms. Messenger, WhatsApp, IG, Facebook itself. And he says, sir, you know what we call that? A monopoly. Mm-hmm. That was what the dude said. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Totally true. I think they want to break this company up. And they're going to try and figure out a way to break up Facebook into four separate companies. Mm. Um, And so, yo, that is not good news for Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg at all. If anyone can screw this company, it is the U.S. government. And I totally think they should. Zuckerberg's got way too much power. I think that Who knew what? Yeah, war on Facebook. Yeah, man, there should be. There should be. A, there's so many wars on Facebook. There should be a war about Facebook. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's great. If we all stop using Facebook right now, Mark Zuckerberg would uh, malfunction. Yeah, he'll consume four gallons of water. <laughs> like, oh, I must figure something <laughs> And then he'll make another app called, yeah. I don't know. Water, water, water book. Right. Pretend that he'll make an app where you could take a picture and look like your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, same thing. They're mm-hmm. like, they're like, yo, y'all are a monopoly. Y'all are just growing crazy. You guys own the platform that Macy's and everyone will sell on, and you get to see what Macy's is selling, and then you sell the same shit for a lower price. Like Amazon is also kind of totally sketchy. It's like a total control of the commerce pipeline. One hundred percent control. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very dangerous. Um, so, so yeah, so. My attitude is like, yo, ease up on technology. Ease up, take your foot off the gas on technology. I would not be super bullish on them. Like if it were me, I always talk about a 60-20-20 rule, investing 20% of your savings automatic into the markets. And you want to make sure you're investing overall in a diversified basket of stocks. You don't want to just put all your 20% money in one stock like Apple or Google or Facebook. No, you want to buy like a, an ETF I always talk about. My favorite is SPY. Um, and I'm saying if you're a person who's actually buying individual stocks, I'd be taking my foot off the gas for technology stocks and watching the news because I think that these technology companies are going to get reined in by the government. I think they're just, they're jonesing to do it, especially with Facebook's new cryptocurrency, Libra. Oh, is that, that what they're calling it? Libra. Yeah. Another cryptocurrency. Isn't that a horoscope name? One of the, isn't that it, Libra? Is. Yeah. it is a horoscope yeah. name. I bet you it's Zuckerberg's. Oh, you think so? No. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe, crazy. maybe. Yeah. I bet it is. Uh, so, yeah. So, that was the other thing Congress was all snappy about was like, yo, you guys think you're a bank? Facebook? You're about to take over? If Facebook were to do this digital currency, I think that 
it would basically take over a lot of the money that we use. Mm, I don't think so. I don't what? think people. No, I don't think people. I think people still like like regular banks. I don't. I don't see people. Too many people into like cryptocurrency, stuff like those technology weirdos who be like, oh yeah, but like I don't. I still like. I think people who are like who are, dollar bills. Yeah, <laughs> me, me, you, and Angie, and yeah, yeah, for sure. But people who are five years old, ten years old right now, right? Who are like, who are like, okay, I see cash, but I also see Libra, and I'm on the internet all day long as a ten year old kid playing video games or whatever. They're using that money to interact and transact. So I think that that could easily over a period yeah, of ten or fifteen. Like years. the Microsoft points, you know, from Xbox. It's like, oh, you use that. They, no, but like, <laughs> uh, I was like, where you know you would. So that's how I, that's how I was as, as a kid. Like you would buy Microsoft points, and that was your currency for Xbox. Mm. And then you would buy like your membership or whatever, and, and so on. So it's like it's kind of like they conditioned us to that, right? From a, from a oh, young age, I never yeah. used that either. I would still go to GameStop and still be mad at the people for. <laughs> <laughs> like I like to be mad at physical people. Like I want to be like, oh my Xbox points went down. Like and then you only mad at yourself. <laughs> but to go back quickly to the so I think something super interesting in this in this whole thing is that government is a notion that's traditionally based on land managed by that entity, and now what, we're, do, you, what do you mean? Like. You have a government of the United States. And the United States is made up of 50 states. You have a government of Russia, right? And the, they manage the jurisdiction this land. is based on, in physical mm, land. These boundaries, yeah. right. These boundaries. And now it's almost like we've created a new land that's mm. not necessarily like based. The digital land. Digital land? The digital land. Oh, and so for me, Digi-world. the scariest thing is that this face, Facebook, Amazon, Google, like in my mind, they rival governments. Yeah, their their own governments of a whole new landscape. Ah, and so a digital land. It, so I, I'm super curious about how that's how that's going to play out over the next couple of years. That's great. I mean, I think that's what we're seeing here. Congress trying to rein these. guys. I think Congress is like, yo, are are these guys getting more powerful than us at some level? Yeah. Do they right. have more power than us? Totally. Are they a threat? And I think there's this other tension, which is like. But they're the most valuable companies in the world. Some of these companies are worth almost a trillion dollars, or, or they are worth a trillion dollars. No company has ever been worth a trillion dollars in America. Yeah. But once Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Facebook's not worth a trillion. But the other three, and Microsoft is worth a trillion, I think, too. Once they became worth that much, the government's like, oh, shit, we kind of need these guys to keep paying their taxes. And, and they're the most valuable companies well, in the world. Well, and it's crazy. Can you imagine if we were suddenly part of two governments, like everybody had a land government and a digital government? Oh, no. What do you like mean? Like, how you horrible mind, would that be? <laughs> I would in need the a, digital pa- world? I would need a Facebook no. passport. <laughs> you, you would. You would. <laughs> That's crazy. I'd be a citizen of the yeah. digital world. Man, I wonder if I could pick what country I belong to at that point. I, you know, You're who knows? part of a... They do. They have a Google... They have a certain Google thing. Like, if you want to learn something about another country, you put Google and then whatever the abbreviation is for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the other country. Yeah, so, Google.ca for Canada. Yeah, so you are. You're part of uh, Google. Google.com. Yeah, you yeah. are. Well, on the, on the doomsday, uh, on this current doomsday uh, path that we're talking yeah, about, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I could imagine a world, and maybe this is my movie brain, where you when you're born you're born into a digital government like everyone's in different factions are we talking about the matrix right now maybe maybe <laughs> wow. who knows damn we're in that shit oh no keanu reeves is the president yeah he is really popular on the internet right now 
So get this. So he was giving a lot of money away. Isn't that what came up? Who uh, Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Something was going on. I don't know. I, I try. To, I try to stay in and out because I don't want to be too much too in the digital world. Too yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> too deep. <laughs> so uh, Trump. So now. So Amazon was. So Facebook's particularly targeted because that they own the four of the big six, mm-hmm. and because of Libra, it's freaking out Congress. It's freaking out the Federal Reserve. They're all like, "What the? What? What if this Libra does take off? We will have less control over the monetary policy. We'll have less control over money." Right, that's the government controls the money right now. Right. They control interest rates. Um, that's some of the big stories going on right now. We didn't even bring it up, but interest rates are about to get cut. Even I can't believe they're about to get cut, but they're about to get cut. Um, but tr- you know, Amazon is super interesting because they're about to get awarded. They're very close to getting awarded a ten billion dollar contract from the Pentagon for their AWS for their cloud service. Mm-hmm. That's one of Amazon's biggest businesses. People don't realize is is the cloud. Sure. You know. And so uh, the Pentagon has got to boil down to Amazon or Microsoft. They're going to award it to someone. And Trump, because he's got a lot of beef with Bezos. Bezos owns the Washington Post, which is always railing on Trump. Mm-hmm. And um, Trump is supposedly the one who might have been behind all uh, his phone getting hacked, Bezos' phone getting hacked, because they, they got a lot of beef with each other. Trump is like, uh, yeah, I'm going to look into why Amazon should get this Award contract. Pucker your lips more. Uh, how's that? Is my impression yeah, good? Said, your, voice, your voice is far too deep. Rocky Balboa. You gotta. You have to whisper a little bit. You have to. Uh, you have to almost. You sound whisper. like you're from South Park, Nishad. It is. It's Your Trump impression is not very good. There Nishad. you go. How's that better? Hey, come to my Mar-a-Lago resort. No. I'll, I, I, I have some people give you a good African butt massage. Oh, okay. Come down. He's <laughs> like, I'm there. <laughs> All right. So he's like trying to basically step in and get involved with this Pentagon contract, which is like a big national security problem. Like the Pentagon is like knee deep in this negotiation, trying to figure out what's going to be the most secure way to secure our data. Mm-hmm. Huge thing. And Trump's getting involved, trying to like, trying to, you know, prevent Amazon from getting the, the contract. So Amazon might not get the contract. And they might get managed or whatever, you know, like a, uh, accused of being a monopoly by Congress. So I'm just like, yo, with all these tech companies, if you're investing in them, be super careful. That's my message here. Be super duper careful. Well, and then did he, did any of you see the recent John Oliver episode where he talked about Amazon and their employees? No, I didn't. Yeah, see that I one. saw that. No, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, in order to basically order a book and you get it delivered prime single day or whatever, there are hundreds of people that are walking twenty miles a day inside these huge warehouses to fulfill these orders. Yeah, oh, yeah, and some of them. That aren't you know john oliver reported that some of them aren't getting bathroom breaks things like that yeah i did hear some of that. so but they're killing it on the steps on their watch they're the fitbit man <laughs> they're blowing their fitbit up man the fitbit perks of being an amazon employee right you get a free fitbit thing blows up at like twenty thousand steps <laughs> um yeah but so it's crazy it's, it's crazy what, yeah watch. what I, I bet the government is also looking at some of that stuff too i think they're more focused on uh uh the contract, my worry would be the contract and them getting broken up into separate companies. Sure. Amazon would get broken up into separate companies. Um, I'm sorry to say, the government doesn't care too much about human <laughs> the beings. people. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's where's so, the money? <laughs> yeah. The government cares way more about the money. It's totally. unfortunate, but it's so true. Uh, all right. So uh, to keep going with technology, Netflix. Yeah. Right? Netflix. Wait, actually, we have a question from our audience. So Chris Broadhead. Who's he? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, Chris. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm gonna read the entire post, and then yeah. you can answer after. Yeah. Is it a good time to invest in Netflix, or should we consider some other streaming networks to potentially invest in, specifically ones with either Friends or The Office? And why do people only watch oh, old Friends shows? Oh, Friends or The Office, like those shows. Yeah, those Friends shows. or Office, yeah. right? And why do people only watch old shows? Also, how'd you get so handsome? <laughs> Damn. Uh, that last th- one's tough. Yeah, yeah, for that last one, it's like, yo, I think you need to look blind. at my real pictures, not my face app. There pictures. we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Netflix. So I would actually be. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, Angie, because you're sure. knee deep in the film production world. Well, yeah, I am. I'll give you my first opinion right off the bat. So uh, it's funny you asked about Netflix. I'm sure he saw this headline. Uh, Netflix lost 120,000, subs- 126,000 subscribers this most recent quarter to Disney. Uh, it's not clear to who they just announced that 126,000 people canceled their Netflix subscriptions. Oh man, that's in the U.S. Yep. Okay. Globally, they gained 2.7 million subscribers. Wow. Oh, okay. However, their estimates were for them to gain. They were planning to gain five million internationally. So they gained only half what their plan was. So I think what's happening here is Netflix is starting to sputter a little bit. If you guys remember, Netflix raised their prices like a few months ago, maybe six months ago. So I don't. I don't have a Netflix. So oh, you I don't? don't? Yeah. Who's do you steal? Everyone's. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone's and everyone's. My husband's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, 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 I think Netflix is actually starting to stumble here, and I think this. I mean, they're, they're still making both. They're still doing fine. They're still able to raise billions of dollars in stock prices. Their stock price was down 10% on this news. But I think, uh, you know, they're losing friends, they're losing the office, and all these other streaming networks have jumped on, like Disney especially, right. have jumped on and they're like, yo, we're going to create our own and we're going to take all of our properties off of Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Netflix is like, yeah, we got Stranger Things, we got The Crown, we got all this, don't worry about it. Um, uh, so, But I think... What the truth, what this is really showing is they're on the way down. Like when, when they adjust prices just a little bit, they start losing subscribers. Yeah. 126,000 is a small number, but I think if they they need and to continue start raising losing programs and stuff, people are like, I don't know about. I think, yeah, I think people are going to start looking at other platforms. So, so which one would you suggest? What other platforms would you? Honestly, I think what's going to happen is people are just going to basically know what shows they want to buy, what they want to watch, and they'll just. Buy HBO, buy Netflix, buy Disney, and they're good with that. And they'll pay 15 bucks, 15 bucks, 15 bucks, 45 bucks a month, and they just cut their cable. That's what, that's what life is going to be like. They're going to have these two or three. Or you could just steal that shit from the internet and like a smart human being. Like, yeah. fuck Some of that stuff is hard to find, though, because it got all those ads and then it load the video is really slow and it's not the best quality. Well, so it's so interesting because if you watch like HBO, I'm actually a big fan. They're, they treat their releases of new shows often similar to a cable network. Will they will, they will release uh, a new episode every week? Right. Like Game of Thrones was. Right. They wouldn't, right. They wouldn't drop all. They ten wouldn't at one drop time, all right. ten at once. And Netflix has a very different model in right. that way. You can binge. You yeah. can totally binge. And and honestly, I don't know how like how many people feel really good after they've binged TV for 12 hours. It's like eating McDonald's. Oh, is yeah. that right? I, I've, I don't really binge. I haven't binged before. I don't binge, like, huge shows. I, like, binge Stranger Things because it's, like, six episodes oh, or something. Stranger Things is great. Yeah. So is I'll it just, just six? No, it's, it's more than that, isn't it? I forgot how. It was, like, eight episodes the last it's season. It's a straight seven, eight hours, right? Did you do all seven, eight hours? No. I watched, like, a couple. Then I fell asleep. And then that's, that's not that. binging. That's not binging. 
It is binging because I wake up and then I watch the rest. Like, Dude, you understand some if, people will sit for seven or eight straight hours and watch the whole thing. Well, I can't. I can't watch movies like I try to watch certain movies like certain important movies or whatever, like or like very artistic movies, and then I fall asleep. So I have to like watch it. Yeah. And Bits. increments. Yeah. yeah. And you're saying, yo, that, that that binging is probably over time. People are going to like that less and less. and They're going to prefer HBO. Yeah, totally. Or I mean, and, you know, the value of intellectual property is incredibly important nowadays in the landscape because you just saw Disney launch their new streaming service and they took all of their IP. Yeah. I don't think them. anybody's going to watch that, though. The kiddos might. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about kids. Yeah, I don't think I don't <laughs> think kids will watch they that kids. either, though, because just because us. Uh, well, Disney's low parents, key. They probably be like, boring. I want my kids to watch something. Yeah, and I'm not gonna buy Netflix or anything. Yeah. I'd want them to focus on Disney. But yeah, there's I, kids I things on Netflix. Yeah. my daughter's favorite show is something called Fancy Nancy. Fancy Nancy. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Oh man, she's like I. I left the house. I'm like, let me put some Fancy Nancy on for her before I walk out. What is? Is it like Peppa Pig? I don't know what Peppa Pig is. Oh, Peppa Pig. I was Pig's a Blue's Clues girl. A Blue's Clues. Did you know Blue is a female? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, cool. So, so, you, so, what do you think about Netflix then? You're you're saying that. I'm just saying that the when streaming services first started, kind of like the internet, like Netflix was automatically this conglomerate yes. that was like, we're going to provide yes. everything. Yes. And now that there is so much content out there, people are forced to be a little bit more specific yes. in how they're choosing it. Because how many of us have just like stared at the Netflix screen, unable to choose what right. we want for right. 20 minutes right. my husband yells at me i do it all the time yeah same here <laughs> honestly netflix is a uh, interface i hate it i can't stand it yeah 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 and so and so i think i think now that now that it's normal now that streaming is normalized right. there's going to be some specificity yeah, and some selection around call. it and yeah i don't and know netflix if netflix is it, the best and netflix makes it almost impossible for that specificity to happen organically because they're showing you what you want to watch and then they have hundreds of titles right. that you can't it's hard for you to find yeah i'm, mm -hmm. I'm thoroughly yeah. confused every time i'm on netflix thoroughly confused um so so yeah chris I, I'm not a big buyer of Netflix. I actually think I, I think I think this is something I'd want to take my foot off the gas with all the other technology too, man. Technology is not a good day with Amr today. <laughs> um, and then um, which ones to buy? I don't know which ones to buy. I don't know enough about it, but I'd say definitely you know uh, Disney is is probably my number one you know choice. They they, they own so many properties. Mm -hmm. Their streaming is going to be very powerful, hard to mess with. And I think they own so much of the maybe they don't own the sports part of it as well as much as they used to i think they, they i think they own do they still own espn yeah they do so okay so that's a big thing espn is gonna be on disney it's uh, well it's I, gonna be like the same episode back to back to back i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man i really love this disney stuff right here this <laughs> is um, I, yeah, I don't know. We, you we could binge. People binge watch ESPN all the time. Yeah, they do. You're right. They just keep it on the background. Yeah. yeah. Well, so something interesting, right? So I think you have this dynamic, at least in my household. Like, if we want to watch an HBO show, we go to HBO to watch a show. You go to Showtime to watch a show. You're probably going to go to Disney to watch a specific show. You don't really go to Netflix to watch a specific show. Yeah. You Stranger go to Things. Netflix, except for Stranger Things. It's starting to be like that. It's a little starting bit, to be like a little, bit, a little bit more, where you're just going to Netflix to like kill time. Yeah. At least that's how it. That speaking for myself, and or that's chill. how it feels to me. And, and or chill. chill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's. We got two more questions. Um, 
we're not going to get to them, unfortunately, because we started a little late and we have to keep hustling through this. Um, let's transition. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, give us one more question. We want to answer all three of them. We'll answer one more. Whichever one's shh. Give us the video game question. Shreya. Um, so Shreya asks or says, lots of people are saying that the entertainment industry is getting more focused on interaction more than just viewing. I.e., do you think it's a good time to be investing in video games? Are they where entertainment is headed? Mm, so interactive media. Yes. Okay, I would say not with our current uh, systems. Like not with, I will wait another like short period or I will wait another gaming system. Like not with the PS4, not with the Xbox One. Yeah, will, VR, and VR is not there yet. Yeah, it's too I will wait one more generation over to cycle. start investing. Almost yeah. like another cycle. Mm-hmm, like the PS5 or the but, but, Xbox. But if it's going to get big Infinity. in the next three, four years, if, it's next, if the next systems are dropping in the next three, four years, this actually might be the time to buy. Oh, yeah, okay. Get ahead of in, it a little bit. In a sense, yes, yes, yes. But yes. do we have, I don't have a strong opinion on the video game world and if we're on the verge of some big shift. How long is, P, is PS4 the latest? How long has that been out? It's been out for like. It's been out for a while now. Yeah, I would say like three years, maybe, three, four oh, years. I feel like a lot longer than I know, that. I feel too. longer. But yeah. we, might, we might be due for a big change. Yeah, it's coming. Where something's like, instead of paying 1000 or 2000 for VR, they include it in a system. And it's only five or six hundred bucks, and that yeah, that would be huge. That'd be a big shift. I say that because the games that have came out recently have they're good, but they're like it. It still feels incomplete. Like where like the game systems or the games before like had a little more movement, just because the graphics have went up. Like the gameplay hasn't like they trying to match. Yeah, they they trying to match the gameplay with the graphics, and it's not quite there Mm -hmm. yet. So some of the gameplay is a little slower than like the gameplay before just because they haven't like figured out how to get, keep the graphics right. and then keep the gameplay. Angie, is there some sort of, I don't know how much gaming you do. Uh, not a lot. Yeah. But, but, but I have an opinion. You do. <laughs> I, I, here's one question for you before you say your opinion. Is there a way, could you ever see a way where a movie or a TV show gets melded with video games and they kind of do that now. Yeah, you're, they do. You're, you're, you create a movie almost, but you're in the movie. Yeah, you, yeah. It's like forty hours of watching the game, <laughs> and then like twenty minutes of actually playing. That's what God of War was. It was a good game, but like there's a game called God of War. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Damn. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And it's like you watching his dad go through the stuff with his son. Oh no shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm tearing up already. It's like Maury, but you know with <laughs> Maury Povich. <laughs> Imagine if there's a video game like Jerry Springer. Holy shit, that yeah, be fun. Well, so it's so interesting, right? Because it, it's it's just it's it's like it's a whole new form of storytelling because. The the premise of making a film or a TV show is that you're controlling the audience's point of view. Yes. You are intentional. 100%. You're telling the story. You are telling them where to look. You are kind of guiding them and what to notice. And so when you take that element out in a video game or in VR where the audience member gets to choose, I don't know that we've mastered what that the impact is on an audience member mm. if they're choosing. Right. Like how do you how do you tell a story? How do you deliver a story in a way that makes an impact if if the audience member can go in whatever direction they want? Right. Without, you know, um, Black Mirror did it with, I think, Bandersnatch. Yeah, the choose your own story Choose thing. your own story right. on, on Netflix. And that becomes more of, 
it, to me, it felt more of a, more of like a choose your own adventure, which yeah. it was. It's kind of an experiment mm -hmm. rather than like a really impactful story. So, oh, so I you didn't I, like it. I thought it was I I thought it was inventive and fine right. and curious. So no. <laughs> novel but not good. Novel, not good no i mean and that's totally my bias because i i believe in the power of storytelling but it's it's hard to tell a story when you don't have control over the point of view right, right. when that's you true. can't it can't be as tight as you want it to be right it's like, mm -hmm. right i mean people you know, 10 writers sit in a room to master that controlled point of view in a tv show or movie right and then so it's like are you telling are we trying to tell a story when we should really be focusing on calling it an experience Mm. Like, is it a just a semantic distinction, mm. right? Like, I don't know if, if VR, at least currently with the current technology, if VR and video games mesh well with the idea of storytelling, right. unless right. you reinvent what that word means. Right. What if each writer wrote one separate story? Just one separate story, right? And then the choose your own story started from the beginning, from whatever choice you made. Like, it was, you felt like it was a choose your own story thing, but the only part that you got to choose was like, but I, but even from the very beginning. So let's say writer, you go on writer number four's journey. Right. I I think the issue here is even on that journey, the VR user or the game player, me, I get to pick a bunch of choices. I think along that journey, like it's not fun unless I'm picking right. Well, yeah. What I'm saying is lie to people, <laughs> and then make them feel like they're going oh, on their own people. journey, okay. so, and when they're really. Maybe. So it's so interesting because what, like, why do you play, like, why do you play video games? Like, what do you get out of it? I think there's an emotional uh, ups and downs. So I was going to say, like, if I, if you, I don't know if you guys have ever played the Spider-Man video games, but they're yes. freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Because like, especially nowadays, they're, the graphics are so awesome, mm -hmm. uh, which is what Nishad said. But on top of that, like with the way they tell the story and the way the, I guess I don't know. When I play the game, I kind of get a glimpse of what Spider-Man feels like. It's yeah. like it's like you're literally following him, like as he's swinging through the city, and it's like I almost feel like I'm Spider-Man, and I'm controlling this character. So it's like I'm back. I've got that point of view. So it's like I kind of I'm immersed into the game, which is what we feel yeah. when we watch it on a big screen movie. We feel we're living, we're vicariously living through Spider-Man as if we are Spider-Man as well as the Green Goblin and other people but there's a little bit difference with the video game this because was, you're controlling more, yeah. the character well, and, I think, and I think right part of the reason you know movies are often there's an escapism element yep. they say that movies will never die because regardless of what's going on in the world you want to escape from the story yep. it's also if you're watching a movie there are no consequences for you mm. that's true and I feel like, and I feel like that's a little bit different with a video game. Yeah, you know. And Ever so played a th horror that's video an interesting. Game? I don't know what to make yes. of that quite, but that's a horror video game. Yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah, I, I hate those. I love them, but I hate Dude, them because I, I feel like I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, uh, it takes me so long. So there you go. That would be fun. Yeah. There's, there's also they're playing for the thrill. Yeah. You like know, my uh, my sister, uh, sorry, Michelle, when we were growing up, there was Sims, right? Sims was oh, yeah. the first mm -hmm. iteration when you were building houses. And I remember she would build houses and put people in like a pool and then pause the game and take out the ladder and like w watch them drown. She's take totally fine ladder. now, but she would, she, she's great. She's going to Dartmouth wait, wait. for med school. So congratulations. Wait, wait. She would take out the she's ladder the in the game. Opposite now. Yeah, so, yeah, so she would like create a house, right? And then... Um, and then turn, have them cook or something. And then, because you can choose their actions, right? Mm -hmm. And then she would take out the, 
she would pause it and reconstruct the house and oh. like take out the doors so they couldn't oh. escape and then the building would burn she down. basically said i'm done drowning people and killing them i'm gonna save them now yeah. <laughs> no she she really just killed them <laughs> there was no rescue there bro i didn't hear any rescue well i mean with going to medical school you said right yeah she's, oh so she's now, decided to change now, now she's decided to change yeah, she's, she's like i've got she's gone bored of that now she's, she's like now she's i got some bored. serious healing my soul to do from those <laughs> sims days she's got a yeah. repair, <laughs> become a doctor <laughs> all right so that's our that's our thing it, um um yes it might not be a bad time to get into video games and, and invest in video games absolutely you should i think in general be invested in video games but to be in a bigger position, I'd have to do a bunch of homework. That's what I'd recommend to you, Shreya. Thank you all for the questions from our badass producers um, who are also our audience. We love y'all. Angie. Yeah. What's up? Let's talk to Hi, you. Hi, I'm here. All right. Present. Available. <laughs> so, um, so, you, so you, yeah. So we gave you the intro, right? We talked about how, you know, you're this entrepreneur and this film producer. So mm-hmm. give us like a background, like, like. One of the things I remember I, when I first met you, I was like, wow, uh, teaching at those two schools, Ramus and Columbia, running Stage 18, executive director of this co-working space for independent film and TV people. Um, and then I saw, oh, you own a company called Black Apple Media. Tis true. Which is where you produce mm-hmm. the, the vehicle with which you use to produce many of your movies. Yep. All right, so give us a sense. How many movies have you been part of the producer in a producer role? How many movies have you have you worked on or dealt with? So these uh, these last two movies I shot last fall were my sixteenth and seventeenth feature films. Okay, Dang. not always in a producer role, but in in a production manager or for state, some sort of high end production yes. capacity. So always in a leadership space. I've done a ton of short films. Uh, I also was the executive producer at The Onion for about a year and a half. So I produced some series with them including uh the first season of tough season which is uh fantasy football in real life we worked with the nfl and a lot of players on that ah, cool. oh. so yeah. executive producer at the onion yeah. for some of their uh web branded content so it's branded when onion content. labs was first starting so gotcha. i was kind of an entrepreneur of a new division within the onion at the time understood yeah, yeah. so you guys uh, uh weren't directly linked to the regular onion written content that is satire that's a muddy question i mean we 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 were but um if, oh uh, maybe onion, using some of the writers right then? right Got right it. because onion labs which is their branded content division is a fully kind of separate entity now but when we were starting it was myself and a couple other people so we often worked with editorial in order to make cool. those come to life okay gotcha. so so yeah we're starting to get a picture of your experience in the mm-hmm. world um through teaching through through uh executive producer of of movies um and through Producing at the Onion, executive mm-hmm. producing at the Onion. Um, all right, so we on this podcast like to learn about how to make money. That's mm. our thing, right? We want to learn how to make cheddar, and and cheddar. I think the the way I want to talk, the way I want to attack it with you is, yo, you've arrived at a place where you're able to walk into a room, and if your pitch is right, you raise a million bucks. Yeah, that's basically where, where you've arrived at at this point. So, all right, so you know. How did you get there? What, what, was it a slow build? Were you raising a million bucks right off the bat? Um, what, what were some of the uh, 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 parts of the journey that you think are so essential um, that gave you that credibility where people give you that kind of money? Sure. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is being in film now in Chicago for over a decade. Um, I started making films literally on set on the crew. I was not raising the money, but I learned every facet 
of where that those dollars go. Mm. I did not come in and say, hey, I'm going to raise a million bucks and not understand how that million bucks affects the product. No one's going to give you money I spent point. I spent like half a decade working on sets, learning the industry, learning how production works. Mm-hmm. And now that credibility follows me whenever I go into a room and I ask for a certain amount of money. Okay. So it's, it's not, you know, some people... Everyone is a producer in a different way. Some people are former lawyers and then they're producers. Uh, I come from a production background and right. I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow. Yeah, you're saying that if a lawyer wanted to become a film producer, he can do it. Uh, but man, from your experience, the credibility you got and the knowledge you have from actually production, from, from mm-hmm. being on a set, that to you, you'd have it no other way. That's the most valuable way in your mind. Totally. And, and when you're, I mean, the, We've had a lot of failures. Like we raised um, a certain amount of money for a film we were going to shoot in Colorado. We had a big marketing campaign. It didn't happen. A lot of Wait, ideas. You did in that example. You did. So let's go through a failure. Sure, sure, so sure. That one sounds like it's a it's a it's a. It bright was a one stoner film. No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> could have easily been. Um, so that one. So talk about talk about that failure. So, yeah. uh, uh, what like. You ra- it sounds like you raised successfully the money. Money goes into a bank account. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't raise all the money, but we had a script. We had a group of folks. It was our first time going out and raising money. So my producing partner and I at the time, we did a 30-page business plan. Like We self-taught ourselves in, in all of the homework needed to mm. present as professionals because this is not what they teach you in film school, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I had to learn that from YouTube, too. <laughs> How to yeah. pitch. Crazy, how to right? pitch. Yeah. yeah. How to raise money. How to have a relationship with money. And, um, and we, so we, it was Colorado. We did a big grassroots marketing campaign because when I produce, I'm not just raising money for a business. I also gravitate towards projects that are going to have some sort of community or social impact. Mm. It means they're all, they're all narrative. Um, I haven't done a documentary yet, but they have a bigger message than just a business payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because they're not going to make any money or they're uh-huh. not going to make a lot of money. And so we were in Colorado. We had a huge fundraiser um, at an arts center in Denver. We talked to a lot of politicians. We ended up bringing in about $30,000 initially just for the development of the script and stuff. And then it just like wasn't, it just kind of fizzled out. Mm. And I, um, I'm still very close with uh, most of the folks involved. There are no bad feelings, but we weren't, we weren't ready. We didn't know what it meant, but in we tried. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to know what it means until you try. So it's a lot of practice. What's funny all. is one thing I noticed in that what you said was, you know, a lot of times these movies don't make money. Yeah, that's you know, I was like, wait, people give you money knowing that you may not make money. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm just now getting to the point in my career after a decade in very small independent films here in Chicago where the the transactions and the money I'm raising are actually starting to be based in business and based in potential profit or revenue. That's a new thing for you. That's it. a new thing. And and which is... And you said 10 years? Yeah. Man. And that surprised it, you? No, but I just wanted to repeat it so the well, people no. can hear. What about the money part? Did that surprise you? That no, no, no. I mean, I do stand up to no money, and I've been doing it for five years. So no, no but I get dude, it. She's saying, she's saying that she, she's, she'll in the past, and even currently still, she'll sometimes raise money for a movie, thirty grand to start developing a script. They'll give her the money, and a lot of times people will give the money knowing 
Uh, movies don't really make that much money, but yeah. so here, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, and <laughs> you would do that. <laughs> yeah, it makes well, a lot well, of here, sense. I think that's why it comes back to how how important it is when when we're dealing, and I and I've only dealt in super low budget indie films, um, but there is a bigger there's a bigger reason why people are giving than just the money. It's because they want to be involved in the Colorado community, or they mm. they like the theme of this story. Mm-hmm. So they want to see that story. They want to see that story told. on screen. So it's part part a social pitch. When I first started, it was all social. It was like, hey, believe in me, we're going to make this cool story. Mm. Now I would say it's about fifty. I'd say it's about forty percent like social or emotional investment, and sixty percent monetary financial investment. Hey, you might make some money on. Hey, this. you might like. Here's why. So and and so it started super passionate, passion Social, based, yeah. and now it's very hard to sustain a living as the same person if you're just raising money for passion based projects because right, eventually yeah. you're going to bankrupt your financial resources. Right. That's just people how it's just going to go. stop giving you money. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, you know, premieres and, and good things and hugs can only take you so far when, when people have lost a lot of money. Right. But the great thing is, from the beginning, they don't see losing money as a loss. They see that as their contribution in creating something. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, they're it's, trying to help you build your star up. Build your star up. But also, mm-hmm. what she's saying is they, they're trying to help themselves get a story that's valuable to them told out there in the world. Yeah. And they want to impact culture. Mm-hmm. And, and then so the, like, the better that. the story is, the. When the star grows, then they come back and be like, hey, we got another thing. Right. Totally. And it's so interesting because when you're raising money for movies, like, there is a very quick turnaround. Like, you see your money in action. You're on set. You see it being made. You see hiring a lot of people. You you can visit set. You see a finished product. So there's this tangibility to the money. There's very concreteness Ah. to the money that you're raising that isn't there in a lot of other trades. Okay, so but it also involves an experience too, then, right? Yeah, totally. Because like you get an experience from it totally. too. You get to watch your money get made into a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah you get to right. put like fifty two hundred people to work. So there are, mm. the, you know, you get a. So there are so many benefits beyond just the the financial ones, um, and that's depending on the script or the project or the budget. Sometimes in indie films, specifically here in Chicago, because it's a smaller community, that's what you have to focus on. Mm. What film have you raised the most money for that you were kind of in that lead role? Um, it would probably be the last two uh, movies this past um, fall. Collectively, they both shot around the same time, which was uh, cha- challenging. Um, but I love them. I was, I, yeah, I was a walking zombie. Uh, but I love them both. One's called Killing Eleanor, and one is called Monuments. Uh, they will... Very different movies, but do, both deal with death in a weird way, which is mm. kind of cool. Um, Sounds morbid. Morbid, but kind of fun. Do you Good. got the song Eleanor Rigby in there, or was no, it too expensive? No, I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. I can't afford that. Um, and there'll be... So h- how much did each... What was the budget of each of those? So I can't speak to the individual budget, but I can say collectively it was over a million dollars. Perfect. So, so, so you, were, you were the executive producer on both of those? Producer on both of those, which and, and I raised the majority of the money for each of those projects wow. within a six, eight to six month period. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, in, in those situations, mm-hmm. did you have to, I presume, tweak your pitch... In such a way where not only do you pitch, hey, I've got the experience, I've been building it up for the last decade, I've also got a way that I think we can possibly turn a profit on these movies. Mm-hmm. That, is that how you had to kind of evolve your pitch? Totally. And, and I think the only way that that 
that that authentically came out rather than me selling them some bullshit was by the people I partnered with. Mm. I partnered with new people with different experiences than me because I'm not, I'm not yet, yet a guru in distribution, but I know production really well. Mm -hmm. And so people, different producers come with different experience levels. So by expanding the network of producers on the team, we're, um, you know, we were able to bring that experience to the table and actually start to talk about that. Get a producer on board who does know distribution better. And so people who want to give you money are like, oh, well, you know production, you know you know distribution. I'm gonna give you all some money. Yeah, here's a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I have a question. You yeah. Know. Have you noticed then? I guess through your experiences, is it easier to raise money or more money for films when there's a profit involved than as opposed to movies where there isn't like that much of profit involved um, or no, none at all? It really, it really comes back to the story. Like mm-hmm. it really depends. I mean, there's something really refreshing about being at a, a great straight business transaction when you're raising money for films. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully as, as I continue to work on that, that will be more and more. Um, but I also, the reason I chose independent film production is because I like the passion. I like the vision. I like people taking risks. I like seeing an idea from someone that changes into a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. So that's more of a more of a personal preference. Um, and, you know, the film industry in Chicago has grown significantly in the last five years. So I don't doubt that's 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 it's become more accessible to raise money for films. Mm. And it's less rules. That's right. Yeah. Less rules. Totally. Yeah. Actors sure. Guild. I, I don't think I've ever signed up for that shit or no Directors Guild. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said you haven't or you wouldn't. I don't think I would. Yeah. I've tried before. I don't know. I just don't like being part of guilds. Oh, guilds really? and unions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, you really hate bus driver unions. Huh? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> All around. They're really jaded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about. So we get it. We get it. You know, independent film. You know how to raise a million dollars. You. You. You've. You've. Uh, built, uh, you invested in yourself by learning how to pitch, by uh, learning how to teach, getting those roles, and it built a ton of credibility in Angie Gaffney mm-hmm. as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, yep, I'll give her a million dollars. Great. Sure. You, you learned that. And, and then in the last year, and it feels like it's been more than a year, but really I've seen it more in the last year here, you've transitioned to a place of like, yeah, I'm still doing that. I can still do that, but there's something else calling my name. Yep. Which is being a life coach. Mm-hmm. So you basically will coach people on helping them achieve their own creative dreams mm-hmm. or be their own entrepreneurs for themselves. Um, so the biggest thing I think that people get scared shitless about is losing that regular paycheck sure. from a corporation. Sure. I hear that a lot. People are like, yeah, yeah, I could never do that, Amr. I'm like, yo, I thought I could never do it either. But I was able to concoct a little plan and make it happen. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a coach coach helping me through that, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I kind of had to figure it out a lot on my own. Um, I will say I, I used to see a therapist. That helped me. And I still see a therapist big today sometimes. Big fan of therapy. Yeah, yeah helps fan. me a lot. Um, in fact, thanks to you, I'm back into therapy in oh, the last wow. few months. Congratulations. Good for you. Good for you guys. <laughs> Good for you guys. <laughs> therapy sounds... <laughs> You don't Thank like, you for doing that, Angie. He, Are you anti-therapy? No, I don't have to do yeah, it. Yeah, I am. I do my own therapy. <laughs> oh, for real? Yes, I do. I don't know that that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> do I've learned that from That explains my, a lot, Nishad. It does. You, it does yo, you, you're, you're eliciting so many questions in my mind. I'm sure listeners' mind. What do you mean you do your own therapy? 
I like talk to myself. Therapy? No, <laughs> no, I do. I talk to myself. That's I, praying, talking to yourself. Yeah, really I, talking to God. I uh, I assess problems. I'm like, well, what's going on with me right now? Why do I feel this way? Are you present? All That's of pretty good. That's yeah. great. If if I'm upset, I'm like, am I upset because at this person, or I'm upset at myself, or am I upset because I'm just hungry? You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, it. I do all. Yep, I yeah. do all of that stuff. <laughs> you get some good therapy. How much do you charge for this? Oh, it's free, man. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll tell I you about yourself in no time. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to take you up on that. I'm curious. All right, one thing you told me before we jumped on this podcast, Angie, yeah. was um, you're in the process of getting fully certified as a life coach. Mm-hmm. And this past weekend, you had a life coach, uh, a, a life a kind of a weekend where training weekend, a training weekend. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and and this weekend happened to be about money. It was. And so you told me a story about an exercise they gave you at lunch, at the break. Yep. You had to go out onto the street, or yes. is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. With strangers. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you tell us what happened? Yeah, so the theme of the weekend was money, and so we're talking about our relationship with money. Um, you know, because money at the end of the day is just math. Money is math. Money is math. Right. Numbers. Yeah, it's numbers. It's a it's a piece of paper. It's not more than that, you sure? Because, I mean, I feel a lot more than that. Well, sure, of course we do, but that's that's our what we feel is our relationship to money. So it is the it is the significance that we put on it, mm. right? What does yes. your therapist think about that? <laughs> My therapist agrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they had us at lunch. They had us go out, and we're um, we're downtown. We're River North, so we're kind of in shopping Michigan Ave. And we had to get three dollars from three separate strangers, a dollar each, a dollar each, without explanation. Can I have a dollar? Can I have a dollar? That's all you can say. And and we had to give three dollars away. Once you got the three, you can give them away. Yeah, um, to three different people without explanation. How long did it take you to get three dollars from three people? So I was super efficient about it. It took me like fifteen minutes. I was going to say it couldn't have took that long. I don't know what was the longer people hung. Some people are still trying to do it. What? It's, it's but it's so interesting because it's it's all about some people have have a lot of self judgment yeah. if they're asking for money, and some people have. Like they really want to keep the money, so they have a hard time giving it away, or oh. vice versa. Three dollars? You taking a class for how much, and you can't give up three dollars? That fascinating, <laughs> especially if the three was from other people. Right, that's weird. But, but it's so, and and what also comes up when you're doing that is how much you judge others, like based on money. Like, should I ask this person for money? Can this person give me a dollar? Should I give this? Can I say something real, real quick? Okay, so I was doing this, Amr. I was doing stand-up on the street for no reason. Oh, yeah, I like that. Jumped on the street and, like, start talking and doing Mm stand-up. And it was way more scarier than being on any stage. Sure, man. Totally. Yeah, and it's just Did you put a hat out or anything? I did, but I wasn't really doing it for money. I was really just doing it to, like... The hat is more for them. Yeah, but I was just trying to like get people to stop and listen to me. But it was like I was like, "Damn, I'm not." Where was this? It was on Clark and Lake, like no shit. in the busiest, Lake, yeah. the busiest sure. part. Yeah, just to like, how'd it go? I was terrible. I was like petrified. Like I was like, huh, huh. I've never been. Ner- I've never Dude, been sh- nervous did you bring on stage. With you? No, I, you I do most of these things by myself because there won't be anybody on stage with me. So true. So I just bounce and then you know do it and then i've what was funny was there's so many people that i knew was passing by it's like yeah what are you doing 
<laughs> you crazy, man? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I'm just doing stand-up on the street. That's like, your dad walks by. He's like, get a damn job, son. <laughs> now, my dad, I told my dad, he was like, I could never do anything like that. And I was like, yeah. But it's, why did why you think of that when Angie said, you know, the judgment around people? Well, Does he have a dollar? Does he have a dollar? Well, instead of, it's like what I thought about is like the judgment that you put on other people is the judgment that you put on yourself is mm-hmm. like what I was feeling. And I was, that's what like it, the weight of like, oh, these people don't know me. There's yeah, no like, preset to like what I'm doing. Like, can I do it? Like, will I make people laugh? And like all of that. I was like, yeah, just go. Just keep so going. So it was so interesting because that day that we were tasked with that exercise was headshot day. So all of us showed up dressed really nice oh. for oh. our headshots. I was going to ask okay. that too. Like, how were you dressed yeah, when you were doing this? Yeah, so then we go out and we're asking for a dollar. And there's so much judgment around, should I, am I going to come across like greedy? Am I going to cr- come across, uh, you know. and Like a beggar. Right, like- right. And all of that has nothing to do with like, the actual transaction of money and everything to do with how you feel about it. Right, mm-hmm. right. There's, those are two, you're separating out those two things, which are, mm-hmm. you know, my feelings around asking and receiving for the dollar. That's one thing that's got so much, so, it's so uh, uh, loaded. Sure. It's so loaded. So loaded. And then separate from that is a dude pulling, or a woman pulling out a dollar from their purse or wallet and just handing it to you. That's just pure, like, Hey, here's the dollar. Yeah, yeah and, and, and then I found myself being worried, like, is this person going to think that I feel like they need a dollar? Like, is this person yes. going to get, you know? Yeah. So it's super, super fascinating. And I found for me in that context, ever since I was able to raise this money last mm. fall for these movies, I I don't have as much of an emotional attachment anymore. Mm. To money? So, to money. Well, you started to, to money in a, in, a, in a when there's like a job to do there's give me it don't give me it let's move on right right there's like an efficiency about it you know personal finances me and my husband that's a different story but (laughs) you know (laughs) when there's a job to do there's not emotional attachment and i think that is has allowed me to successfully raise money Mm. like taking my oh my assumptions and judgments out of the conversation is what was the breakthrough i needed to raise to raise money and to also ask for my worth. Right. Which corresponds to how you said, Amr, about like, I'm scared to leave my day job. Right. Because I might, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, well, you got to ask, you know, and the ask has a lot of judgment. Yeah. So walk Mm -hmm. us through, and I know you're still in training. Yeah. But something tells me you already have a philosophy on how to do this. If someone approached you and was like, yo, I want to do this. I want Mm -hmm. to leave my corporate job where I manage 20 people mm-hmm. and I make 100 grand a year mm-hmm. and, and, and do something uh, that I really want to do. Like, take us from point A to point B. If, if that person came and you had to, on a three-month, six-month, one-year, two-year journey, sure. take them, how would you do that to provide them the, I don't know, financial confidence to do that? Sure. Well, I guess I would, I would start and say every client that I work with um, – you know, we believe as as coaches, and there are a lot of non great life coaches out there. So make sure if you're listening, you do your homework and you don't go into a scam. Uh-huh. Um, oh, like that? Uh, yeah, there are just a, a lot of people who call themselves life coaches who don't have a ton of training. So yeah. I think it's really important to just like you would a doctor or a therapist, ask for training and Absolutely. credentials. I've been taught by uh, a spiritual person who I respect so dearly. Uh, uh, for every, especially back in the day. Uh, for every doctor, 
there was like 10 quacks. For every real doctor back in the day, there was 10 quacks. He's like, that hasn't changed too much these days, even though people think it has. Sure. There's still a lot of quacks out there, people who are selling you snake oil or just faking the funk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what you're saying, is that's true for life yeah. coaches too. Yeah. So, so we believe- yeah, my therapist said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you check his credentials? Yeah. He, uh, let me see. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's great. Uh, but so we believe that all of our clients are whole and complete just as they are, which is often not how they view themselves. They believe mm-hmm. that something has to change, something needs to be fixed, something is wrong. And so our work with our clients is helping them identify the ways in which they're getting out of they're getting in their own way so they can create the life they desire. Mm-hmm. And a really common thing that um, I've seen in... So just to make sure, that we haven't gotten to the financial stability and all that stuff yeah. yet, but you're saying, hey, here's the start. There ain't nothing wrong with you to begin with. Yeah. And, and that step one might be one of the biggest obstacles, not necessarily money. Yep. Got it. And it takes, it takes like... It can take some time when you're first working through with a client to, to be able to help them see that possibility. See that, right. Because they've probably right. been thinking that for the last 30, 40 years or whatever right. on record. It's yeah, and everything. Like how we look, what we wear, everything. You know, we're programmed to, to Not good want enough. more. Not good Not enough. Good Not enough, good right? Enough. That's a big thing. And so, of course, when you're programmed that way and you're like, I'm going to leave my corporate day job to go do my passion project and make a bunch of money... Like, you've been programmed to think you're not good enough by society for 40 years. So why would you think you're good enough to do this? Hell no. You'd never do it. If you do it and you go out there, it's like you're in the middle of the ocean on a little tiny raft. uh, Oftentimes what we do, and and I speak from my personal experiences, I want to say I want to do a thing, but I don't get super specific or clear on how I'm measuring the success of that. I keep it vague so that I don't have to. For you or for them? Uh, What do you mean? For me or for, I'm sure it's common for others. What do you keep, what do you keep vague? What so if you're like, hey, I want to leave my corporate day job to go do, to do this, like immediately people are like, I'm going to leave my corporate day job and success for me means making double the amount of corporate day job with my time. Oh. They don't oh. have, they don't have like a clear concept Goal. of what this is. Oh. So it Does could that be. Kinda make sense? Yeah. So yeah, you could like it could be bigger than what you said, right? In a sense. Totally, it could be bigger than or what you smaller. said, or smaller. Or okay. smaller. But if they say I'm making a hundred now, I want to quit, become a film producer or an actor or a painter, and I want to make two hundred grand in two years. You're saying that you're saying set some kind of goal. Don't be vague. Right. Oh, and so don't don't be vague. Don't be vague. Okay. So what they we, walk in with a vague sense. Oh, Everyone okay. walks in with a vague sense. She's saying, let's sense. make it unvague. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and then you know, I would challenge and I would say, well, if you're making a hundred grand and you're miserable now, what? Like, who's to say you're not going to be miserable when you're making two hundred thousand? Right. It's like, uh. what, like, what are you actually looking for outside of the money or the freedom that's going to satisfy? So you? now you're saying, okay, got it. Thank you for being clear. Two hundred grand in two years, being a painter. Uh, but let's now look at that together. Is that really what's going to make you less miserable or make you feel more fulfilled? Yeah, because oftentimes when people leave their j- day job, at least this is me asserting that oftentimes people are leaving because that's what they feel they should do, especially in creative endeavors. They feel like they should leave their day job or they're leaving because they're they're unhappy. So they're not really leaving towards something. Mm. They're leaving away from something. Mm. And so our job with our clients is to really identify what they're moving towards, why they're moving towards that, and help them 
put like, I want to be happy. I want to fall in love, right? All of these vague feelings, we help them identify really concrete results mm-hmm. for those things and how to get, and how to get there okay. and then hold them accountable to that process. Mm-hmm. So and what we, happened to all that love shit you was talking about? <laughs> 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 huh? What happened? To- <laughs> uh, so, so what I'm hearing is what you think is your relationship with money mm-hmm. holding you back from getting what you really want could just be a front. It could totally. just be a, a false sense of what's quote unquote wrong with your life or totally. why you want to pursue that uh, passion you might have. Totally. Um. So, and my assertion is that you don't recognize that because you're so in it that you need someone else to help you recognize your own bullshit. Right. 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 That's what, that's what a a dad is good for. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes if you don't, if you don't take on their bullshit with you. Yeah. He's like, what, uh, what happened to that, uh, comedy shit you was doing? You still (laughs) (laughs) doing Yeah, you still you doing quit that too, I saw, huh? you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw you on the street corner the other day. Yeah, I was so curious. That's part of your little comedy thing. They never say just comedy. It has to be something else. Comedy shit or comedy. That's part of your little comedy thing you're doing. You just on the street telling jokes. <laughs> you ain't in no building. With a suit. All right, so let's, let's, let's wrap up. Here's one final thought question. Sure. You yourself mm-hmm. are making a living from all this that you built up in the world of film production, from the world of teaching, so on and so forth, raising money. Yet here you are, yourself, doing a transition from that world to life coaching. Now, we're not saying you're going to just drop off film production. I don't think you're doing that. I still see you here at stage 18. Yeah, of course. Um, however, that transition is kind of happening. At some level, I guess, um, are you going through the process that you're being taught as a life coach, applying it to yourself? Of course. Okay. So I've, in my training, I've been working with a coach every week. Um, oh, okay. So it, it'll be six months now that I've been working weekly with the coach. And I am so much clearer on my own, my own bullshit. I was mm. trying to think of, a, of a, that word. What, that's word. What's, uh, <laughs> what's one of your bullshit So one of my... Um, Is this Nishad asking or Nishad's therapist? Hey, they one in the same. They one in the same. Um, one of my, so one of my bullshit syndromes is, um, we give them fancy names in our coaching practice. So, uh, one is a grieving grand marshal. Grieving grand marshal. Yeah. So grand marshal like leads a parade, right? Is the leader, et cetera. Okay. Guy that holds a baton. Right, right, right. And so what I do is I get, I lead all these things. I do all these amazing things and then I bitch about it. And then you complain. And then I complain. Or I, I, f- I feel sad about it. Or I feel like I'm missing something. Grieving. Grieving, mm. yeah. Another one is Mighty Mighty Munchkin. Wait, how, wait let's go back yeah, to grieving. Yeah, yeah. How is that? What's bullshit about? Is the grieving and the sadness, and the, is that the is bullshit? It, is it because like you know you're happy at the end of the day and you just bitch or just a bitch? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> feel bad. Therapist. I'm yeah. doing all these great things, but feel bad for me. Okay. Right? There's, there's, there's a certain level of... Poor me. Poor me. Right. Yeah. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim I've of got these great things. Kind of, there's like a martyr aspect to it a yeah, little bit too. Yeah, self-sacrifice. Right? Right, right, right? Yeah. I'm doing all these amazing things and I have no control and I'm so tired. And, and so what you're saying is there's, that's, there's bullshit there because re- what that's really saying is there's something you want or need that you're not getting. What I'm saying is that I could just choose not to do that. 
Right. Like if I could you, just if you choose. Really I have the power to just choose not to bitch stop. about right. it and really enjoy it. But it's not. I feel like it's not as simple as that. Like it's you got to give well. grieving Grand Marshall a voice. <laughs> like he's grieving. He or she is grieving for some reason. I feel like, and so you, that I thought is where you're gonna go. I, I got clear on why this dude is grieving, so that he, so that he or she can stop grieving. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Or? Yeah, but but it's more like the the choice or grieving and saying how bad my life is is me ignoring my own success and not validating myself. Okay. Got it. And so that's what you needed is validation. And and so it. it's that's that's where the bullshit comes in and yes, I'm totally in that. charge of that, right? I, that I see. You and, can choose yep. to celebrate the shit you've done or you can choose to be like poor me, this isn't good enough. I And, and when so you it's choose, just choosing to validate. Right, and it goes back to that conversation when you choose poor me, this isn't good enough, you're just perpetuating what we've learned in society of not being good enough. Yes, right, right. right. right? So that's attacking that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. And then the there are three, but one of the other ones I have is called Mighty Mighty Munchkin. And sounds delicious. It sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds fun. Um, and uh, it's it's basically I have I have all this success. I'm really good at certain things, but I shrink myself. I keep myself small mm-hmm. or overly humble in some cases. I totally do that in order to make others comfortable. Yes. And like, what does that serve me? It doesn't. We think it's serving the other people. Right. Because they won't be able to handle my realness, my yeah. power, the shit yeah, I've done. Yeah, yeah. Nice for what, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that nice for what song Drake was talking Drake. about. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it's in and in that there's a lot of shit, you know, internally that's associated with that. Yeah. But I'm I'm like, why am I why am I shrinking myself? I think we're afraid of hurting a- those other people in some way. Yeah, but but then you're living a life based on other people's feelings, which you have no control over. Right. Full right. Of, I'm, I'm, I'm with. I'm agreeing now. I'm, I'm agreeing. Sister, with you. preach. Come on. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. If anything, if you think about it, those other people they want you to be big so they can get inspired and they can be right. they can grow with you. Right. Of course. But I'm right. saying we we do that bullshit to ourselves. Right. And this is all stuff we've learned, like in you know before the age of twelve, mostly. Right. So, right. And it's programmed in us. So okay. So here's two examples. So those sure. are two examples you gave. So you're saying, oftentimes if people come to you, or you come to yourself in this case, and you're like, yo, I want something different, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm unsatisfied in some way, dealing with grieving Grand Marshal and Mighty Mighty Munchkin helps you get closer to what you really want. And it might be, be a painter, or be a life mm-hmm. coach, be a whatever. Um, um, but that's, that clarity is essential to understanding where does finance come into this and what's the real thing I'm looking for. Sure. And ultimately, it's all about choice. We all have the power to choose differently. But like I am not grieving Grand Marshall. Grieving Grand Marshall is a part of me. Yes. So now that I've distinguished that, I can kind of, I have, you know, some elevation. Contain him or her. I can see it and I can choose differently. Right. And so I, when it comes to finances, right, now that... I've distinguished my relationship with money. I recognize it. I see it in myself. I can choose differently. Mm. I can choose to think of it differently. In this case, uh, uh, having all the judgments, you mm-hmm. know, uh, judging Amr, who walks sure. down the street asking for money or whatever, or goes into a pitch meeting asking for money, we can put him, that critic or whatever, on the side mm-hmm. and choose something different for that moment. Totally. And we are... We are so consumed with our own feelings and our own like voices of self-pity and yep. woe is me that oftentimes we don't see them as separate from who we are. We think that we're that we person. We think we are that person. Right. And so 
get all of the all of the work we do as a life coach is helping like gain some elevation and distinction. So um, you have choice. It, oh, sorry, go. Ahead. I was going to say one thing. I'll add to that is so st- part of this process. Um, it was kind of a really rough past three years <laughs> for me, just in the transition. Mm-hmm. What's going on over here? Therapist Nishad is taking notes. Therapist yeah, Nishad is taking oh, notes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like yeah. um, you. You and, might have to pay for that. You know. <laughs> I'll give you a freebie this time around. Okay. Um, uh, But with my therapist, I've been working on distinguishing parts of myself for three years because I had a really rough three years kind Mm. of going through my identity. And so now, actually, I've associated these names and because I'm a film producer, I have like this cast of of different characters (laughs) in my head. (laughs) And I'm working on a blog series and like a comic book illustration. Of course, if not not a movie. If not a movie. (laughs) That sounds awesome. And it's like, there's there's an elephant that's up in there. There's a a golden snitch from Harry Potter. There's an eagle. There's like a four-year-old Angie. There's like the anxious, crazy Angie. That's pretty good. You know? And so... What that's allowed me to do is is like now whenever I'm feeling something, I attribute it to one of these characters in my head and it's no longer mine. I don't have to feel right. it. I'm just watching them. Right. Yeah, you could do that with uh, a bus driver paranoia in the shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could pick one, one guy in your head. That's- Who knew the therapy would give her schizophrenia. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's true. So, but, uh, a little voices. kid, Angie, and <laughs> oh, yeah. the elephant. I feel you on that, man. No, we all got those voices, man. She's just trying to do some shit about well, it. Well, and so when you talk about money, right, it's like, there's, you could say, oh, there's one voice in my head that's that has this relationship with money, but what if there was another voice that, it was all possibility. There was no negative emotion. Imagine that. Mm. Right? And so suddenly... Abundance. Abundance. It's, I feel it's healthy to have both, right? Totally. Okay. Some people just choose to ignore one or the other. Okay. Right. right. It's not... There's no balance. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. We, 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 we need to wrap up here. Um, this was fantastic. What I, what I got from you in this last moment around someone dealing with the relationship with money, especially around leaving the corporate world or doing something different with their life is clarity is the best investment a person can make. Mm-hmm. Clarity about what they want, and that doesn't come easy. It comes with professionals helping you often. Yeah. Unless you're in a shod, you got your own therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's kind of what I got from you. And it's like, once you get that clarity, a lot of those pieces like money, how do I do it, what do I really want, what's my goals for the next two years, five years, that falls into place often. Totally. But clarity is required first. Totally. And, and a good way to think about it is, you know, I encourage people to have, I have a therapist, um, I have a psychiatrist, and I have a coach. And my husband and I have couples therapists, and we love it. So I have all the things. Mm-hmm. But what I, and, and it's not an either or situation, they just address different things. And so what I say on that point in terms of seeking clarity is when you're thinking about if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking I need some support in this way. Think about it like this. A therapist is kind of like a doctor. So they're going to treat you for something you did or ailments you have and help you kind of get better. Mm -hmm. A consultant is often like a prescription. They're going to give you a certain step. A a consultant like a coach? A consultant and coach are different. What's a consultant? So a consultant is like you bring in someone to consult on how to do a podcast. Okay. Right? They're going to give you kind of a step-by-step direction or something. Yeah. As to very how technical. To, very technical, and it's like a prescription, right? They're giving you advice. Oh, right, they're telling right. you what to take, how to take it, et cetera. A coach is like a trainer. So we're going to, instead of focusing on the past, we're going to like work those muscles 
so that you train yourself into a new way of thinking that mm. can support you for the rest mm. of your life. That's a great distinction. I like that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, your therapist yeah. is your own doctor. You're, sure. you're your own doctor. Yeah. You can write yourself a prescription too. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm like, I'm... I'm tweaking right now. I need <laughs> Cause to. Because that bus. Yeah. Well, no, I knew I was mad because uh, I thought I was going to be late, but I could be mad, you know. It's nothing. It's just mad in the shot. Exactly. What, I was is, what does he look like and where is he in your head? Who? Mad in the shot? Yeah. He's shit. He looks upset. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so he looks upset. He's, Grumpy. He's, uh, he's he he has, making, he making this noise like, Psh, man. He has like the what's what's going on face. <laughs> like, what's, what's, what is this? Yeah. Uh, WTF look. He's very uh, observant and uh, very... uh, Twitchy? No, he's very... What can I say? I I don't know his word to you. I wouldn't say paranoid. He's very like... I, okay, let's use the word paranoid. It's not the right word, but he's very like I don't see anything happening here. Like <laughs> he's one of those guys. Skeptical. Yeah, skeptical, ah, skeptical, skeptical. Yeah, man, the shot's very skeptical. But then um, rational and shot goes just, hey, bro, just aside, <laughs> calm down, bro. So you look at that. The kids, schizophrenia is contagious. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, and then go ahead. Oh, okay. Then uh, then the other shot's just like. The, oh my gosh! Can we just go in the shot? Who's the, the other in the shot? Is he rushing the shot? Like rushing? Like rush? Oh yeah, my face app in the shot. He's just like, hey, young man, it'll be good. No, I was on the um wow because I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on the bus, and I didn't pay either. Cause if what? I, yeah, I didn't pay. You Every, stole the bus. Everybody paid, and I was like, I'm not gonna pay on a dirty bus. Yeah, and I'm but not. You know, gonna, it wasn't dirty. Exactly, but I'm also not gonna pay for not going to my full stop. I don't care how close I get. If I'm not going to my exact stop, I'm not paying for the bus. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know about that. It sounds like yeah, some sort of weird relationship with money. Might want to talk to Angie about that shit. Uh, yeah, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Episode episode fifty is done. Thank you, Nishad. Thank you, Angie. Thank you, yeah, yeah. We did it. Thank you, Amher. Season one. (laughs) Peace. Disclaimer. I do not provide personal investment advice and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. I am an amateur investor. All information found here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied herein are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. While the information provided is believed to be accurate, it may include errors or inaccuracies. I will not and cannot be held liable for any actions you take as a result of anything you read, hear, or see here. Conduct your own due diligence, consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this show, expressed or implied herein, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise. Business news and other shit, hereafter known as BNOS, reflects my own views, ideas, and opinions. It is not a production of my employer, nor is it affiliated with any any broker, dealer, or registered investment advisor. No representations or warranties are made with respect to the accuracy or completeness of the content of this entire show, including any links to other sites. The links provided are maintained by their respective organizations, and they are solely responsible for their content. All information presented here is provided as is, without warranty of any kind, expressed or implied. From time to time, I may include affiliate links and advertisements on BMOS that result in my receiving a payment should a visitor click on the link or sign up to a service as per established in their practice. Readers are entirely responsible for any actions they take as a result of reading or clicking on links on the site and are urged to read the small print. Sound fair enough? Then please subscribe to BNOS. It's free via RSS or email.